What up? This is Myron, and this is episode 48 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast, the alternative underground back alley secret society, underbelly, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. And yes, it is here. We are. This is not a dream. Don't let it be a nightmare. But today is the start of the Mariners three-game series, two out of three-game series, I should say, in Toronto for the wild card round. This is some bonus coverage, as promised, here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that you are listening on the Odyssey app because you're a good person and going to our new home and checking out all the bells and whistles, or you're listening to this, you know, wherever else you can find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. Anyways, this is going to be really quick. Uh, Call Grandma Norma up. Uh, just got a couple of thoughts from her last night before the, uh, you know, the day before the day. And uh, of course, it's me and Hanno and Edmonds. Uh, he's on the hotline. I'm here in Queen Anne in Seattle on Queen Anne Hill. I'm still up here in Seattle. I've not left the motherland. How could I leave this town uh, when this is going on? <laughs> we got to be here to hold hands. You know, we got to be here to hold hands during, uh, you know, these these times. Okay, these are these are tough times. These are going to be fun times. Um, looking forward to the game starting today. But I'm going to shut the hell up so you can get into this because this is an early start. It's a super early start. This is episode 48 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, game one pregame edition that starts right now hello all right grandma it's playoff time are you ready yeah yeah 107 107 107 and the same with uh saturday and sunday right yeah. well hopefully not sunday hopefully we can just take care of them in two games right off the well bat. right well i i kind of think we will uh they're going to be playing the guys that you call the tanks on toronto all those big guys oh my god i know it uh, hey i look at some of those guys but yet on the other hand they are they are some of them pretty fast runners but you can't beat our guys i mean you know, and they get up there, Myron, and I, I, uh, I know they're going to get something. Yep. Well, and, one. <laughs> and we got. I, I never give up on them. No, I know, and we got Luis Castillo on the mound today against uh, Toronto here at one o'clock. We got Luis Castillo pitching, so that's that's going that's our best guy. We're sending him out there to uh, take on the tanks. Right, and uh, I kind of owe. Uh, Gilbert, uh, apology. Uh, he's been doing better lately, so uh, I'll put him aside yeah. for a while. And there's talk he <laughs> there's talk he might go in game two instead of Ray if we can win game one. So you better, yeah, you, you better apologize to Gilbert because I think he's going to be doing some good things. Well, well, see, Ray worries me. Oh, Ray worries you now. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He 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 worries me too. So. Well, they weren't but, uh, gonna, they weren't going to let him in Toronto, but they just changed the uh, uh, you know the 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 policy on the vaccinations over there. Oh, I was wondering about that. I thought before it was going to be a little difficult about a month or so ago when they were talking if we get this far. Yeah, but uh, so they've uh, gotten lenient, more lenient. Yep. So you're going to be watching the game at home tomorrow. Yeah, you're darn right. I got yep. everything already. Plants watered and everything. <laughs> Plants are watered. Everything's gonna. What are you gonna be eating tomorrow during the game? 
Well, probably my fingernails. <laughs> oh, you'll be eating your fingernails during the game. All right. Well, we well, just, yeah, I just wanted to check in and make sure you knew exactly when it's on. It's on ESPN, so you don't need to log into any weird apps or anything you just go right to espn and turn it on it'll be right there i know they're not going to have your regular root sport announcers but you're just going to have to deal with it okay well as long as i can understand them i'll be all right (laughs) yeah well (laughs) anyway uh never give up on them and you know myron we talked about this for months about going to the world series and i haven't given up yeah, I know. I know you, you. You're not going until I have to buy the most expensive ticket in the world. So yeah, uh, well, we'll ch- I'm not. I'm not going to that, but you are. Yeah, and you want me and my mom and my sister to stay away from there if we're all going together. Oh my gosh, yes. Don't let don't let any of me even near the fence. Yeah, <laughs> we're bad luck. They <laughs> don't even want to look at the fence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll check in with you tomorrow after the game. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Love, Love you. you. Love you. Mike Lamar, how do you feel about the seventh inning stretch slot now? Are we in the playoffs? Yeah. All right. Vibrant and Mustard Podcast just had to ask the hard hit question. You know what I'm saying? All right, it's playoff time. That's right. Are we in the playoffs? We are in the playoffs. We got Grandma Norma. We got Macklemore. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's the way you start off a show. And uh, that you know, we're pulling out all the stops here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. We got Hanno up in Edmonds. I'm down here on Queen Anne Hill, as you've already heard in the intro, probably. But uh, right now, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably getting up. Maybe you slept in because you called in sick from work. Maybe you, quote unquote, were exposed <laughs> around somebody with something. Uh, the, the kids, you're writing them uh, uh, excuses uh, to the teachers. Maybe you're getting doctor's notes. Whatever it takes. You know we're in the playoffs. You know this is a big moment when we got Grandma Norma calling in. And, of course, we got our Macklemore soundbite making the making the mashup. You know, I think people like that remix of, of that, don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Starting off the show with a heavy hitter. Good call there. We are. We are starting this off. How are you feeling, Hanno, about uh, today's game? Oh, man, I'm excited. Can't wait. A couple more hours to go here, and it's showtime. I'm feeling real good about the Mariner chances here in game one. That's that's good to hear because I I am kind of stressed. I'm a stressed guy. I've been taking in a lot of the radio, a lot of the things that people are saying, listening to too much national shit, but I always got to remember they're not going to give us any respect. We haven't been in the playoffs since, uh, you know, 9-11. You know what I mean? So, like, we, I get it. People aren't really believing in this. In Toronto, you know, to be fair, they might be a year farther along, especially with the lineup. And, you know, that big, ferocious lineup that they have that has been winning and playing good baseball, you know, I can't blame them. You know, the Mariners down the stretch played a little weird. Uh, you know, we... we you know, could have had these games at home. It's kind of depressing that that's not happening. But that's all right. The Mariners are going to go on the road. They're going to take care of business. And we're going to see them next week. And I can't wait till they get back here because I know they're probably going to take care of business. And we're going to get to boo the Astros like we've all dreamed about in the playoffs. <laughs> so, But, yes, we got to get through Toronto this week. Game one, uh, you know, we got Castillo on the mound. Uh, you know, we couldn't ask for more. I mean, the guy that we went out to be a game changer, we get to put him on the mound and see how that works out. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the matchup between Castillo and Manoa for Toronto is going to be a hell of a pitching matchup. I mean, we saw Manoa earlier on in the year. He pitched really good to us. Uh, again, or he pitched really good against us, but uh, Santana was able to hit a two-run go-ahead homer in the seventh to give us a two-to-one victory. I mean, Manoa was fantastic. He pitched almost a full game. He went seven and a third with three hits, two runs, and struck out seven. But he still walked four guys. So we've seen him, which is key. But also, the uh, Blue Jays have seen Castillo as well. They saw him before he was uh, traded over to the Mariners. And they got to him, but not, not in the same breath, just like the Mariners got to Manoa. Um, he gave up two runs over six innings with seven hits and five Ks. There was only really two big hits in that game against Castillo that the Toronto Blue Jays had. George Springer started off an inning with an RBI single, then attempted a stolen base on a hit and run, and Bo, Bo Bichette uh, drove him in with an RBI double. So that's all they got off Castillo. So, yeah, it's going to be a really closely contested game with these two great pitchers on the hill. And here's the thing about I like about having Castillo out on the mound is – what we've seen so far this year is in big moments he's delivered. Anytime he's fell and skinned his knees, it's been on games that God knows if they were even on television. Okay, Oakland. Uh, who else? Uh, who else did he have a bad game? Somebody that just the shitty teams, right? He never went out in a big moment and didn't deliver. Um, as far as the production tomorrow, you know, the games on ESPN. I wonder if they're going to be miking up uh, Manoa again like they did in the All Star game. Yeah, that would be funny. I, I kind of doubt it. But like you said, I mean, um, it's a great matchup. But I, I don't see them micing up Manoa during this part of the game. Right. Uh, and if they did, they'd hopefully they would be having to bleep a lot of shit because he'd probably be cussing and yelling because the Mariners lineup is going to pop off. I just have a good feeling about it. I really want them to get off, though, to a good stop, a good start, I should say, uh, because the one concern I really have is us falling behind. And we know that Toronto's lineup can put up some big crooked numbers in any, and that is my fear with the Mariners is being able to play catch up. Oh, no doubt. We've seen that throughout the year. I will say though, lately I feel like the Mariners, even when they have that tough last road trip, I felt like they were scoring a lot earlier in the game. So that's something positive to think about going into this series. Right. I also would, you know, I guess another concern I have is, you know, playing on the road, the last road series that we had where we just needed to take care of most of the business or half of the business. And we did not take care of the business. So I, you know, I got to be honest here and be critical because that's what we kind of have to do on the show is I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to respond out on the road. I mean, it's a concern. Oh, no doubt. Most of these players, I, I mean, have never been in the playoffs before. And it's going to be a loud environment like you talked about. The dome's going to be closed. It's going to be cold up there. Um, so that won't be a factor. But, yeah, the playoff juice for the stadium is going to be a real factor in seeing how these Mariners perform. You're exactly right. It's, it's going to be real interesting to see if they can shut it, shut that noise out and be able to perform like they do kind of like we expect Julio Rodriguez to perform. He's that type of player that it seems like nothing ever bothers him. 
Right. And, you know, uh, I've been hearing about their fan base that's up there and it's loud and it's raucous. And I'm like, have you ever been to Seattle? I mean, but I do have to say the Toronto uh, faithful do travel well here. They have in the past taken over our stadium. But the weirdest thing to me that I was hearing was the ticket prices were pretty affordable up there. I don't know if it's a weird Canadian exchange or, or what, but I don't think that would be the case here in Seattle. No, I have to agree with you there. Um, I've looked a little bit online, and I've seen quite a few people that say they're on their way to Toronto to support the team. So, I mean, if we get a a few hundred thousand or a few thousand fans in there to uh, cheer on the boys, that that'll be something that'll help them out quite a bit. Yeah, and I, like you said, those cheap prices. Yeah, they, I mean, tickets were under a hundred dollars, weren't they? That's insane. That's insane. I mean, yeah, like field level tickets as of, you know, Thursday afternoon, they were like, you know, 150, 160. That's not even getting you, uh, that's maybe would get you nosebleed into a first round. I doubt it. I doubt it very much at T-Mobile Park. Maybe you get in about the fifth inning. And yeah, people are traveling to go there. You know, the the plane ticket's a little bit of expensive, and I'm sure maybe the hotels might be. But as far as the game, uh, not very expensive. In fact, our friend Stitch God, who the guy who stitches for, you know, the jerseys that people wear and for the players, I saw him at, at game 162. I was walking through the hallway and he asked me earlier in that day, he texted me if I was going to Toronto and I thought it was just a, you know, just, just some, I don't know, just a little like talk, like, wouldn't it be great? You know? And, and he was literally going to Toronto. In fact, I was, I, he asked me when I saw him and I said, I can't. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, I have to renew my passport, which I have to do. And he's like, I think you could get it expedited by tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, damn, this dude is serious. <laughs> but he's, he's there. I talked to him earlier. He's in, he was in the Atlanta airport. He's going to be down there. Hopefully, you know, on our episodes following the Mariners victories, of course, that are coming up, we're going to get to talk to him for five or 10 minutes and tell us what he's thinking about, uh, or what, uh, sorry, excuse me. He's going to tell us about what he's seeing, how everything's going in the stadium. Can't wait to talk to him. Hopefully we can get a hold of him, but I understand if we can't get a hold of him because I, I met him down in San Diego. Those guys like to have fun after the games and soak it all in. Oh, that's going to be an awesome experience. I mean, if we are lucky enough to get him on the phone and, uh, get to feel what the atmosphere was like there that that'll be a big thing for us and uh man that's so cool that he gets to experience the postseason with the mariners after 21 years that's cool power i have a little project edgar martinez has it and so does eagle hardware and garden the best selection of power tools the most powerful brand names because if you don't have power, you're not in the game. Now this is what I call a bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Now, like earlier I was saying here, uh, I've been soaking it in. I've been listening to the radio. I've been hearing what the pundits have been saying uh, recently here before we recorded. Uh, Adam Goldsmith, uh, the, the, one of the voices of the Mariners, was talking about this this matchup. He, he's not feeling like I am. Where I'm, I'm a bit nervous. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very nervous. He's saying that this is the best matchup for the Mariners if he could have found a team to match up against. I don't know if that's because of the 5-7. and seven. I don't know if that's with the addition to Castillo after already being 5-7 and because he was not with our team when we won five 
out of seven. Uh, he was saying this could have been quite easily. We could have took six out of seven from these guys, but I don't, I don't know because some of the games they 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 had us, you know, in you know checkmate position, and we, you know we just you know took care of business. So I am a little bit uh, mixed emotion, feeling a bit mixed about that. But it was good to hear. Somebody like that. I know he works for the Mariners. He's a damn voice, and he's got to say stuff like that. But, uh, you know, everybody's like, hey, it would have been an easier path through Cleveland. Um, I don't know. That is a young, hungry team out there in Cleveland. You got a really good coach, a really good manager, I should say. I mean, remember, Toronto fired their manager partway through the season after after they uh, got swept by us. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean... Yeah, Toronto is a great ball club, especially offensively. They've got a lot of weapons. I mean, they led the league in average on base percentage and slugging, and they were third in home runs with 200 this year. But, you know, the Mariners have been really successful this second half hitting the long ball. I mean, they've improved tremendously. And they're number five in the AL with 197 home runs. So we match up kind of good there. I think our starting pitching's pretty close. And, you know, as you'll probably go over later on, the bullpen, I think that's an advantage for us. So it's it, you got to feel good about being in the playoffs as a Mariner fan. I truly believe that. Yeah, and with that being said, uh, you know, we just talked about the lineups here. You know, I was looking online, and you've seen the same image and stuff where they have the comparison, the, the big picture meme of all the positions and who's – Who's got who? But, you know, we all know that baseball is not played that way. It's matchups, you know, with the pitcher and the catcher, uh, pitcher and the hitter, you know. But, you know, just for the sake of argument, you know, they're going around and comparing positions. Uh, let's start at catcher. They're saying that Kirk has the advantage over Cal Raleigh. I call bullshit. Uh, Guerrero um, over Ty France at first base. What's their second baseman? Uh, Whit Merrifield. Yeah, he was that guy that the Mariners talked about a couple of years ago about acquiring, but yeah. they finally, uh, the Blue Jays acquired him this uh, trade deadline from the Kansas City Royals. So, yeah, he's a good um, utility slash second baseman type player. You know, he's very similar to maybe like a Demo or somebody like that for us. But, yeah, I would call that a toss-up between him and Frazier. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll get into uh, Frazier maybe a little bit later. But, yeah, I'd give him the advantage right now. Sure. This is one of the non-vaxxer guys. Well, apparently, that you know, we all know they dropped drop the band because Robbie Ray gets to go. I think he was one of these guys, too. We also had, or maybe that was Ben Attendee. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. I don't want I don't want uh, all these uh, right-wingers coming after me. Anyways, the <laughs> shortstop, they said Bobichette. You know, he's got the advantage over J.P. Crawford. you got to give him that. I think they got Suarez, of course, uh, taking over, uh, being the more powerful, better person at third base. And I'll absolutely, you know, this is a guy who came to our team that most people were saying this is the salary drop in the uh, Jesse Winker trade. And we all know how important Genio is to this team. He's probably the second most important uh, player on the team behind Julio, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Chapman is a formidable third baseman for Toronto. Kind of struggled after coming over from Oakland this year to Toronto in the very beginning, but he's really came on strong and hit the long ball quite well for them in the second half. So he's a guy we'll have to try to neutralize. As you said earlier, Toronto has a really long lineup with a lot of opportunity to put damage on the Mariner pitching staff. 
Yeah, and that that's a good matchup. Same thing with at first base. I think, you know, Ty France, you know, he's struggled here in the second half. Maybe he can turn it around. Maybe this is a nice little fresh start for him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Guerrero's, you know, one of the faces of baseball, so nobody's going to say that's better. They obviously got us taken care of in left field because that's just been a rotational position on, on our team. Same thing in right field, uh, you know, uh you know, who they got Gary L out there, you know, and it's safe to say Haniger, you know, he, he's been injured. He missed a lot of games and, but of late, it seems like he's turned it around. So, I mean, as far as them saying that now, sure. And then uh, the most interesting one was to me, just because the ramifications of being in the playoffs, they say Julio has the advantage in center field. You know what? And I'll, and I'll have to take that. Uh, but also we know how dangerous George Springer can be. He's a Mariner killer from the Astros that, you know, have been, you know, g- giving it to us, giving us those hands over this last, pretty much most of this last decade. And, uh, you know, he is a scary, scary person of uh, interest <laughs> to me. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. He, to me, he's the guy that we need to neutralize the most on that potent offense. Yeah. Guerrero's had a great year, but he's been struggling in September. And like you said, everything starts back at zero now. But George Springer, man, he's had so much success in the postseason. He's played in so many games. He's hit so many big clutch home runs. I think he's, like, hit 19 home runs in the postseason, one away from Derek Jeter. I mean, he's a fantastic player. And that's the type of player that Toronto acquired to try to get them over the hump. And that's a guy that scares me. But – you know, the comparison with him and Julio, yeah, it's very close. But as far as the Mariners and the matchup goes, that's the guy that I'm going to be focusing in on to see how the Mariners can neutralize him throughout this series. Yeah, he can ignite and start an offense. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it, you know, 20 times a year just as Mariners fans that we're playing them. And then, of course, we've seen what he can do in the postseason and in the world, you know, especially in the World Series. Yeah, and besides how well he plays offensively, he can go pick it and slide and take hits away from the best of them out in center field. So, yeah, that's a guy who's done all-around game and one that's to watch to see how everything transpires in this series. And, you know, last episode you were saying, hey, which guy on the Mariners, which players, which superstars can control their heartbeat, can keep cool and do their thing? That's the thing that's scary about Springer because he has already proven he knows how to do that. Oh, excellent point. You're right. He, he, I mean, I've gone on and on about him the last few minutes here, but yeah, he's a phenomenal player. But, you know, I think Julio has that same mentality. Nothing ever gotten too big for Julio. We've seen it throughout this whole year Agreed. in the beginning when he struggled in the all-star game. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's a great attribute to have. And Julio is the type of player that I think, like Springer, could catapult us in this series. Yeah, and you know, and at DH, uh, you know, we got Santana. Who's who's DHing for them again? Um, I'm gonna have to look at their lineup. I can't think of it offhand. Um, it might be Biggio. He's a, he's kind of a utility guy, but okay. Well, I'm he, taking Santana. Santana's had some huge moments. He's also been in a World Series. He's also played in the playoffs. So I think that's just really, really valuable for this team. Yeah. Santana is, is a hardened veteran. He's played in playoff games. He's the type of guy that's going to calm the nerves of the young guys. 
the guys that have never been there before. And he's hit some big, big clutch home runs for us down the stretch. I mean, he's been a huge acquisition for this Mariner team. Yeah. And, you know, now you're not looking at the 195 average. You're not looking at these things. And with that being said, which players in, in our lineups or maybe off the bench or that we could see here starting at zero again, just just starting flat, everybody's starting over. It's a, it's a, it's a new birth. We're in the playoffs. Which one of these players on our team that has struggled and not lived up to their billing, you know, this year, do you think can really get it going and make a huge difference from benefiting from a fresh start? Though it's under a microscope, but who do you think? Well, I mean, I'm probably going to go with a bench guy, a guy that I don't see starting so much. But I think um, Dylan Moore, obviously, with his way that he can run the bases, come in possibly pinch hit, but definitely pinch run. And Abraham Toro, who's, I believe, going to be on this playoff roster, who can hit from both sides of the plate. He's been hot lately. I think he's going to be key in the later innings coming into pinch hit. I'm not too high on Toro as far as his fielding. We've seen some mistakes here in the last series, but Toro is a guy that can maybe get you a sneaky home run or hit that big double then to uh, score a run or two. Yeah, I agree with those, and I'm going to add into this group. I I think starting at zero, you know, I think somebody like Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier, if you you go back in the archives, I was so excited about this guy, and I've talked about him a lot on here, just going like, you know, how important he is to this team to get going. You go back to the very first home game at uh, T-Mobile Park this year, four for four, four RBIs at the top of the lineup. You know, we were like, wow, this is – what he's going to do. I saw him in spring training up close, man, just the best hitter that was there when I was at spring training, you know, that didn't materialize over the entire year, but he did have about a month and a half stretch to two months of the season where he was hitting over 300. And, you know, he was really, you know, a big part of getting on base and scoring during that 14 game, you know, winning streak and the transition from when we were 10 games under 500 to, you know, where we ended up being. And if he can get things going for this Mariners lineup, this is going to be huge. One, just getting on there as a good, you know, fast, smart base runner, getting in scoring position, getting on base. So, you know, these table clearers can get in here. Yeah, that's a good point about Frazier. I mean, he's had a tough year, but if he can somehow consistently play, really well get those big hits drive that ball into the gap that he's we've seen him do at times this year he will definitely lengthen that lineup for the mariners and take the pressure off some of these guys i mean that would be huge for the mariners this series if he can get hot yeah and obviously another guy if he can you know keep himself you know under control down get the the blood the blood pressure down you know Jared Kelnick again he's not going to be looking up there and looking at a 154 he's just going to know he's a guy up there with a deadly swing you know and that's another guy that I think can benefit from this I feel like everybody else you know also JP Crawford would be another guy you know like he didn't it didn't turn out the way it started. You know, the back half of the season hasn't been that kind to him. Uh, I, you know, a series like this and being a beloved player, I think this could be very huge for him. Oh, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on JP. I mean, his defense is pretty solid. He seems to have made the routine play pretty often. He's had a few more errors than we would expect out of him, but hopefully I can see him slashing the ball the other way, getting on base and contributing that way. 
As far as J.K. since getting brought up, I mean, yeah, he's hit some bombs. He looks like he's made some really good adjustments. He's still facing a lot of lefties in tough situations. And, I mean, he had success and got one home run, but he's still not there yet. But like you said, it's starting from scratch. I mean, from the roller coaster ride that he's gone through this season to then potentially starting in left field in the first game in the playoffs for the Mariners, he's got to feel good about himself, have that confidence go up there and try to hit one out of the ballpark or at least get on base to get this thing rolling for this Mariner lineup. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds. Uh, and since we're going to, you know, finish up here on the offensive portion of this, you know, pregame show, uh, let's let's think about, you know, the postseason. Let's think about the heroics in the postseason. We know all the Reggie Jacksons, the Kurt Gibson moments, the Kirby Puckett moments, uh, you know, but pound for pound, you know, especially in our era here, in, especially in the last 20 years, you think of one guy and I, I that's got to be Big Poppy, right? Like the the biggest clutch hitter in postseason my my goodness yes he was he was special in the postseason okay so with that being said uh let's pick our big poppies this will be like our pick to click which everybody uses that might even be trademarked so we're not gonna do it so who's gonna be our big poppy and our who could be our dark horse big poppy so Pick somebody that you just think is clutch, that this is his moment, and then somebody that maybe you wouldn't think about. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go with the obvious choice just to start with, and then I'll go past him. Obviously, Julio Rodriguez is that guy, I think, that can carry a team and be that big poppy. But on that next tier just below him, I'm going to go with Gino Suarez. I mean all about those positive vibes. Gino looks, has been that guy that has hit a lot of home runs for us in clutch situations, won some games, fan favorite. I can see us being down a run or two and him coming through in the eighth or ninth Absolutely. inning and popping that one over the wall. Wow. And I, w- I would say my, my top, you know, who's going to be, who's going to be our poppy. I'm going to say for just I'm gonna pick a homegrown guy here and who I think is gonna be our big clutch guy and uh, I'll get to the dark horse horse guy next but it's got to be Cal Raleigh right I mean look what he's done down the stretch uh, even on this game 163 he put, he put one off the hit it here cafe going back to that he had the clincher the maybe the most famous home run in uh, you know Mariners history uh, to win a game you know now uh, you know we've seen the slide. We've seen these other victories, but, you know, the only player in Major League history to pinch hit and get a home run to clinch a game deciding game to put the, his team into the playoffs. And then going back the following weekend, the game before, you know, we blew that huge game in uh, Kansas City that I shouldn't even bring up, you know. He comes up with a big pinch hit, uh, what, three-run shot, two-run shot? I mean, he's been doing this all year in these games, and I think he's, you know, one of these guys that knows how to get up there in these pressure pressure situations. I don't think we've seen it. We know he can do it. He's going to be – I think he's our big poppy guy. 
oh, I, yeah, that's a great pick. I totally agree with that, you know. And like you said, so many moments. And, I mean, I can remember back to that game where it was a rain-out late start game in Cleveland where he hit that home run as well. So, yeah, that's a great pick. I, I totally agree with that. And then who would be your dark horse? That, uh, maybe you wouldn't think about this, but, you know, he's, he's our Aaron Boone. He's our Bucky fucking dead. Or just somebody that, you know, maybe hasn't been clutch, that hasn't hit in scoring position, or just somebody that we don't think is our, our, our you know, the guy that's going to do it. But you could see him doing it right here and really changing everybody's mind and, you know, making a moment. Well, I you know, looking down the list, I think I'm going to go just because he – has done some clutch things for the Mariners of late and last year. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a big home run, but since I think he's probably coming off the bench, I'm going to go with Louis Torrens with maybe a big hit in the right center field. I like that. Louis Torrens, he's been like the story of these games that – you know, quote, haven't really mattered. You know, he's got the one a game pitching. We saw that great play at second base, but it all started down in Oakland with that pinch hit home run. And he has looked like the Terrens that we saw last September, that we saw the second half of the season when, you know, he got called back up. Yeah, absolutely. Total team guy, you know, will do anything for the team. Like you said, got a pitching victory on the bump and then the next game and the doubleheader went behind the plate and then the next day went out to second base and made some play so he has some skill that i didn't even know he had and i agree with this i'm happy i expect him to see him on the rosters we'll talk about the rosters for the first round in a, in a few minutes here but okay the guy that i'm going to pick is my dark horse that you know myron myron sumner host of the rye bread and Mustard podcast would never say, and that's Jesse Wink. No, he, sorry, yeah, I forgot he's not going to be on. <laughs> but the second guy you wouldn't think I was going to say, I, and I'm going to say it right here, Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick, I think he's the guy who could possibly have a big moment, and this could turn, obviously, turn his perception around for the fans, turn the perception around for him. I know the organization believes in him, but this is like one of these stadiums. These are the kind of pitchers that, man – you, you know, you miss or something like that. This guy's can take you deep and, you know, his play in the field's great, but I, I could see him having a huge hit and becoming this, you know, he already kind of has that edge chip on the shoulder attitude, like a Kurt Gibson. He, you know, we could obviously see him maybe do one of these uh, Kurt Gibson moments and be our big poppy here in, in, in this first series. <laughs> Man, I ha- you floored me there for a sec, but I did have to smile. I mean, I know I I don't know Jared Kelnick, but I would think that he thought about this for a long time, feeling that hey, I'm the guy who can come up, carry a team, get that big hit. So if he if he does end up being that, um, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, the perception of the fan base it seems pretty split. You know, some people are like, oh, he's Justin Ackley, but on the other side is I just can't wait for him to succeed. So um, it can turn off all the haters. So, I mean, that would be an unbelievable storyline if J.K. comes up and does something big. And he does have the potential to do that. You're right. And listen, listen, you knew you're like, whoa, I can't believe you said that. But did you ever think I was going to tell you that, you know, Macklemore's uh, is right. <laughs> the Louie Louie thing is, 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 are we in the playoffs? You know, we are in the playoffs. Is he on the roster? He's on the roster. And if I can uh, change my mind about that, I can change my mind about uh, Jared Kelnick. Uh, this guy is supposed to be a big part of our future. 
you know, he got brought up last year and it was tough because we were expecting him to be the savior where really it's, you know, most players are up and down, up and down. Like what he's doing right now is pretty normal. You throw in a, a shift and this is what, what you see, but this could be the moment that really solidifies him. I'm sorry that, you know, Kyle Lewis can't be up here for one of these situations, but I would really love if one of our homegrown guys, you know, can, you know, that has had, not the career yet that he expected and the fans expected to turn this around. I think that would just be a great story. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, he had some monster expectations, but we don't need him to be the monster this postseason. We just need him to be a solid, great player. You know, it's very hard to come into the league and prove what Julio Rodriguez has done. So, yeah, I mean, let's hope for the best for JK and for the Mariners because if that happens... We're looking good in this first-round series. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch. It's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit. It's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win. It's a World Series win. Now, you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor. Catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. Now, we've talked a lot here about the lineup, and that's what everybody else is going to talk about. Look at their lineup and look at our lineup, and, you know, it's, you know... One is greater than the other, and that's just the way it is. But the other one's not too bad. But here's where I start to feel a little bit better. This is where I start to get my confidence back. You know, uh, I get my groove back. I get the pep in my step. And that's when we're talking about the starting pitching in this series. Oh, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we've got four guys that can match up with, in my opinion, anybody in the league. I mean, yeah, Houston's got a great rotation. But, you know, as far as one through four, I think we're pretty close on par with them. And especially, I think it's a big advantage in this first round against Toronto's staff. And look, after the Manoa, the Castillo, usually your game one starters, it's going to be a wash. It's who goes out there and takes care of business. They're both all-star pitchers. They're both number ones on each team. You got to just hope for the best. And you got to hope the guy goes out there in the big moment and takes care of business, which I think Castillo could do. But then after that, you know, like Scott Service, you know, today they, he was talking. I know he was talking a little bit down the road. If we were successful in game one or we see something in game one, you might not see Robbie Ray out there. And that's a luxury to go. Well, you might not see Robbie Ray till game three because we got Logan and we got Kirby. And, you know, just having that many bullets, you know, in the chamber is Something Toronto, I do not think, happens. Could our lineup make somebody look like an ace? Sure, we've seen that. That's kind of scary. But as far as lineup versus lineup, I mean, excuse me, uh, rotation versus rotation strength, I don't even think there's a competition there. No, I mean, like you said, Manoa, and then, um, God, I just brain farted. Yeah. Start again. What is what is that guy's name? Well, the reason uh, you don't remember him because they're not. It ain't Robbie Ray. It ain't Logan uh, Gilbert. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah not, exactly. Can we make them look like Robbie Ray's and Logan Gilberts? Like I said, yeah, the lineup sometimes can fall asleep. But I, I I just to sit there and go, hey, we might not have our you know 
reigning Cy Young from last year that we signed for five years possibly might not play until uh, game three or best case scenario, game one of the next round. I mean, that's that's something to, that you can even ponder about that is pretty pretty insane. Oh, you're you're right. I mean, we are we got um, set up by Jerry Depoto and his staff to be playoff ready with this rotation, no question. Especially after we acquired Luis Castillo at the deadline. Yeah, and you know, going on, you know, the pitchers are, you know, we know which we know which two are probably going to pitch. We would assume it's going to be a Logan. I don't know if there's a definitive answer about that. Uh, either way, uh, the lineup, I mean, the bullpen, I mean, sorry, the, either way, the starting pitching is looking, you know, tough and nice. And then we get to the bullpen with, you know, the little Spombero's have been there all year. Forget about that game that happened in Kansas city. Um, but for the most part, all year round, we've been arguably the best bullpen in all of baseball. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier about our starting pitching, being uh, constructed for the playoffs. I mean, I have no question that our bullpen is that way either. I mean, we saw that a few years ago with Kansas City and their lockdown bullpen on their couple runs to the World Series. We saw it last year with how dominant the Braves' bullpen was. I mean, the Mariners are just on par with those guys. I mean, they got power arms, and they can throw that power slider. And the game of the game in the playoffs is striking guys out. And we have shown that we can do that. So... I feel really confident with our relief pitching, no question. And uh, so as far as the roster, you know, we're still a few hours away by the time of this uh, recording comes out. And we're about, as we're recording, about 12 hours away from when they actually have to turn in their rosters, which is pretty late, up to up to date, which is kind of cool. I get it. It's kind of like uh, a fantasy baseball or fantasy football kind of situation here where there's... A deadline a couple of hours before the game but i i think that's how it is regularly in baseball um but as of right now we haven't seen anything but we'd assume like we said yesterday you know marco gonzalez probably won't be on this uh particular round because he pitched uh the game 163 probably wouldn't be available to pitch anyways until probably tuesday um we're also you know dealing with some injuries with winker uh, everybody knows about the injury to um, Haggerty, which is a big, big injury. Um, but apparently, uh, this the Marlow is that his name? Marlow guy, the guy from Double A, Triple A, is in the uh, taxi squad. He is in Toronto, and he's expected to, uh, you know, possibly be on this roster. Yeah, I mean, he's a speedster that can play good defense, and I mean. To throw somebody in the fire, I don't see him starting, but he could, you know, if you're a defensive replacement or if you're a guy to pinch run, steal a bag, or just score a run, that defense and running never, you know, um, stumbles, or I should say never uh, lumps. So, yeah, that's key in the playoffs. Obviously, score runs, and, you know, like we talked about yesterday, if you get a slow guy in second base, whether it be like a big dumper or, even um, Ty France, you know, and late in the innings, you're going to want somebody to put in there. I mean, I would assume that Demo would be the first guy to do that. But, you know, as things play out through the game, you might need him to 
make that winning run and pinch run for you. Yeah, and I've seen people freaking out about this. This guy was in Double A, and uh, he's got all these stolen bases against Double A uh, catchers and Triple A catchers. And what? Well, listen, we got the fastest guy out there that we got. That's the best base runner. And you know, for the people that are tripping, I can probably guarantee you this: he's not going to probably get into the batter's box. The only situation that you could see him getting into the batter's box is, yeah, if we make one of those substitutions and for some reason it's a later in a game, probably an extra innings, and we don't have any other choice but to keep him in the lineup. Uh, you know, uh, so, but for him, congratulations. Uh, you're, you're getting your first cup of coffee in the bigs, in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure this is... Handle this is exactly how he drew it up in in the backyard, dreaming of his major league debut, coming into pinch run and run around. But we've seen rookies and inexperienced players do this before. I mean, A Rod was a was a pinch runner in the in our ninety five game five. You know, if Edgar doesn't get that hit, he's up to bat again, and that wasn't the plan. They we didn't want him up at the, at the plate. Different guy. Am I comparing this guy to A Rod? I am. No, but you you get the drift. I, this guy's here for purely for speed and situations like that. Absolutely. And I mean, we talk about how we've grown to really like Sam Haggerty's game. It's unfortunately, it's unfortunately that he got hurt, but he, you know, he doesn't have the experience of a Sam Haggerty, but he, he can play the similar type of game of Sam Haggerty and help you out in those ways. So that's important yeah, exactly. And the situation is we I mean, I I personally would love to have Kyle Lewis up there. That'd be another great story. Get him get a big pinch hit in the postseason. But the thing is, that's not what we need right now. We need some speed and we need somebody that can, you know, go out there and play defense. And, you know, unfortunately we lost Haggerty in this. And yeah, we're gonna be leaning on Demos and the Toros. Well, we'll see what the roster looks like, you know, um talk about it possibly on tomorrow's show after hopefully a victory. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the first time we've, uh, you know, been in the playoffs. Obviously everybody knows this story. So we were kind of thinking about, wow, what did our lineup look like the last time we were in the playoffs? Right. Uh, and that was way back in 2001. Uh, so, uh, what do you think about that? Who do you were looking this up and you pulled this up to me? I thought this was pretty interesting to kind of compare the lineups and rosters yeah you're right back in 2001 the mariners lineup was it's quite interesting to go back and look at it batting first was ichiro in right field uh mark mclemore shortstop batting second booney brett boone batting third and playing second base your cleanup hitter as we all remember edgar martinez and then fourth was john olerud at first sixth was mike cameron playing center seventh in left field was Javi, San Javier. And then eighth and ninth, eighth was Dan Wilson catching, and ninth was David Bell over at third. So, yeah, wow, that's that, a team we'll never forget, but it's a lot different nowadays, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And to be honest with you, that lineup probably stacks up. You know, if we're just doing the pound-for-pound pound home run derby, well, who's going to knock in more runs and knock the ball around the ball yard? Uh yeah, this 2001 team was pretty good, but also you forgot to mention the their biggest teammate, which was the PEDs, right? You know, some of these guys were juicing. Well, one of the guys was juicing, uh, but that's okay. It was a different time, you know. I who wins if we put these teams up to against each other? Do you think? You know, it's 
it's a lot of lot to compare in my opinion, but also a lot to contrast. I mean, there's some boppers, but and there's some quality average guys, but I just feel like this year's team has a little bit more athleticism than that lineup. So I, I it's pretty even, Myron. I don't even know I don't even know where to go. What are your thoughts? Well, I think again, you you eliminate some, you know, things going on, and uh, you don't you, you put a shift in. I mean, you put a shift in. You know, Olerud doesn't hit as good, but John Olerud was you know probably the greatest uh, Mariners first baseman that's played on our team. So I, I don't know. The, the, I mean, that was a, a team again that won 116 games. They didn't quite get it done, but they were a pretty potent offense. You know, and uh, the Mariners, yeah, like you're right. It's a, it's more of an athletic team right now. But I can guarantee you right now, uh, the our pitching staff. And even our bullpen is deeper now. I know we had the Musketeers back then with Sasaki, Jeff Nelson, uh, Lee Arthur Rhodes, to name a few. And that was a really strong one, two, three. But also, things are different now the way we do these matchups. The Los Bomberos, overall, I would take them. Oh, absolutely. And then also, the starting pitching I would take as well, you know, with Back then was Freddie Garcia, Jamie Moyer, and um, uh, Aaron Seeley, and then Paul Abbott. So I think we have the edge there in this year's team. Paul Abbott. I saw Paul Abbott sneaking into Tiki Bob's back in the day. Paul Abbott and Brett Boone were in there. I mean, that team was fun, and we loved them so much. And that was a great year, but it was so long ago that finally we have a team to get around right now. Uh, And, yeah, our pitching staff, everybody knows what our pitching staff is. So I feel like overall, yeah, this team might – all around be better as it is as it is is our offenses as sexy no i mean that team had eight what eight all-stars on the all-star team i mean all around that lineup was better but i think the team and given the circumstances right now could play you know play them straight up yeah you do have a hall of famer on there and yeah you did have all these all-stars and you know mariner hall of famers on that team but the thing about that team is if you look at it in 2001, there was a lot of there was much more mature age on it versus a team now where this team's just getting going. This is a homegrown team by you know Jerry Depoto, and that was you know for most part a put together uh, you know transaction team by Pat Gillick. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They used the free agent market quite a bit, maybe some trades here and there, but the Mariners, from the most part started out being constructed through the farm system and young guys coming out or coming up. We haven't used the free agent market too often. We've acquired a guys definitely by trade, you know, this year with um, Winker and Suarez and then of course Castillo. So yeah, they were constructed a lot differently, but it Pat Gillick, in my opinion, did a really good job back in that era for uh, constructing that team as well. Yeah, and I'd say Pat Gillick, you know, was the best general manager the Mariners have had 
Uh, he uh, also was the Toronto Blue Jays general manager during their championship years, which we can segue into it. But, you know, Jerry DePoto's, you know, nipping on his heels right here. They did them different ways. but And I don't think Jerry's going anywhere for a while. But we do have to acknowledge that, you know, Pat Gillick was there in the 90s, the late 90s and into the early 2000s. That's why he's a Hall of Fame general manager. And, you know, he was a big part of, you know, putting Toronto, you know, over. You know, Toronto was around there in the 80s, couldn't quite do it. And then they made a change. And, you know, what's really strange, that's just another tie between these two teams, because obviously we've talked about this before. If you're new to the podcast and or you don't know this, like the Mariners and the uh, Blue Jays came into the you know league together as expansion teams. And they've had, you know, they've had a lot. They have a lot more banners hanging up in there. But hopefully that is going to change this year. Hey, Richie, there's a couple guys here to see you. Hey, what can I do for you guys? Your name's Zisk? Yeah, that's right. Who are you guys? We're uh, from Chicago. Yeah, I noticed your uh, white socks. So, what do you want? We understand you're pretty good with a bat. Yeah, I uh, do okay. How about maybe tonight you strike out a few times? You know, maybe uh, pop up. What do you say? Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm a mariner. Hannah, what are your final thoughts before game one for yourself and for, you know, the Mariners fans and the rye bread and mustard listeners? Well, a couple things. Um, one, I think it's really big for the Mariners to get game one tomorrow. I think it's critical. It's not the end of the world. We've seen the Mariners win multiple series. Yep. But I just feel better about it if the Mariners were able to get that first win, you know, I a lot too. looser that second day. Another thing that I'm not... It's not a concern, but I noticed it happen a few times this year. And that was some miscommunication in the outfield between the outfielders calling for balls that happened more than once. Um, I hope that the crowd noise is not a factor. It will be a factor, but they need to communicate. You know, in the playoffs, it's all about minimizing the mistakes and capitalizing on the mistakes Absolutely. by the other team. So those are kind of some things that I'm thinking about. We got to be able to hit that extra extra base like as we saw in a game that didn't matter any on this last Detroit series where Kelnick hit it up the middle Santana went first to third and then they Toro hit that sacrifice fly and brought him in you got to have that kind of thing runs coming a premium and you got to score when you can so Absolutely. that's kind of what I'm looking out as far as the team and how about you? Do you have any thoughts on what is your keys to this game? I echo all those sentiments right there and a big key to the game. Manny Acta, we want that guy's arm loose. We want that thing rolling around. We want him icing that thing every night. We got to manufacture runs. I guess the home runs are great. We got to manufacture runs. We got to get this pitch count up. We got to get into these bullpens and play our game, but we got to be waving guys around. And that's my big thing. And yes, I agree with everything you said there just for time. Uh, you know, crunching here, we're running out of time. I, I, I could go on and on about, you know, the outfield play and the communication. I agree with you. My thing is, if we can manufacture runs and we can get this pitch count up, you know, the home runs are going to come. And that's really what needs to happen. And as far as fans, yes, we need to win this series. We've done good winning series. That's how you win 90 games. You win a lot of series and a series isn't won in the first game anymore. And if you're new to the wild card round or the Mariners thing, 
I'll give you one more one more time. This is not a one-game playoff like it used to be. It's two of three. You have to win two games. Once you lose two games, it's over. So it could be a two-game series. It could be a three-game series. I think it's probably going three. The Mariners, I think, are coming out on top. If they don't, it's not the end of the world. We're just getting started. But just like Scott Service says, I think this team is a team that's built to get deep. This is a team that's built to get to the World Series. Even though I have said critically, we are bat down or, you know, another big hitter down and uh, that where you'd really want to be. But again, you know, we just have to take it game by game, series by series. And if you're a fan, don't freak out. Enjoy this. Enjoy this because... Uh, you know, it's been a long time. It's, you know, it's been so long that people get like prison sentences for 20, 20 years. That's how long we've been, we've been out. So I mean, like, just enjoy this moment. You know, if you're taking work off, great. If, if, if you're a boss, let your, let your employees take the day off. Uh, I know maybe some people aren't getting to this till after the game or might not hear this episode. Doesn't matter. We're going to be back every game after the game, win or lose, going to be wins. Uh, rye bread and mustard are going to be there i'm still here in seattle i've been here all week but it's time i got to go over to my mom's and uh you know use her laundry because i've been here all week because i'm gonna need some extra draws tomorrow because i know i'm gonna be shitting my pants over and over again because we haven't felt this in so long so the stress level is going to be high the freak out level is going to be threat level midnight we know this is how it works if you're a, a seattle sports fan like we are, you know, anything at less than the uh, us uh, throwing that ball in the one-yard one line, you can live through it. So just take a breath, chill out, and, you know, yeah, we haven't been in for 20 years, 20-plus years, 21 years since 9-11. But, uh, you know, we've had the Seahawks, and we've had these tense moments. So your body and your mind, you can take it. And just remember, there's a little bit more margin for error. So if they lose that first game, there there is that possibility of winning two games in a row. And I think this game, this team, especially with the pitching staff, is available, is capable of that. Just got to manufacture those runs. Anyways, I think this is a good time to get out some, you know, here. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this this morning, thanks for liking, subscribing, and checking us out here on the Odyssey Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'll be back with episode 49 later tonight after this game. Um, and how you know when those are out, you know, you can always check that out on the social medias or that's what you get from liking and subscribing. That's that you, you know what's up. You are the first people to know. You're, you're, you're our day ones. You know, we're, we're going to tell you first. You, you're first in line. So remember to like and subscribe. And also email us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. And again, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're there. We're there for you. <sighs> All right. So take a breath. Let's go watch this game. Hanno, you know what fucking time it is. One last thing. I got the Mariners 3-1. to one tomorrow in game one who do you got and what's the score and i agree with you it's gonna go three it's gonna be five three mariners right on yeah.